0: Okay, today we're going to talk about... Um, I'm still not sure if we're going to do Asa inside or not. I haven't decided on that yet. Um, other years I did it, but we'll see. Um, but today, we're going to talk about Shivas T'Vetamra. Um, I'm thinking of maybe instead of doing Asa actually inside, um, if you're such a diehard and want to hear Asa inside, you can listen on my website. I have all the Shiram up there for sure if something goes through the whole thing. But... Um, could be we'll just do like different in and Negea to um, Eicha and Chorban and Pesamigdash and so on and so forth. But for today, we're going to focus on Shiva Sevetamas. That's the Shabbos. Sunday is the Tainus. What's the uh, lesson of Shiva Okay, so <coughs> Chazal tell us that five things happened on Shiva What are the five things that happened on Shiva so the first thing is Nishtabru Halukas. came down from Har Sinai and Clayusol made the eagle. And Mashavenu broke the Lucas. The first thing that happened on Shival Sibatam was Nishtabu Yeah? Why I did say the of the first bad thing that happened instead
1: the Egel Why did you know, it you
0: know, the it's the
1: essence of the tragedy of what happened then? The Luchos is just a result of it.
0: So really, like... Well, yes and no. I mean, there was a big tragedy in the Lukas itself. So that's
1: considered
0: a different thing. Um... Right. We don't... Oh, we say, Nishtad brought Lukas. The Lukas were broken. We lost a lot of Torah with the Lukas. We became... right A lot of things we lost from the Shriras themselves. that was necessary, It was our fault, but we lost them with the Shriras Halukas. Mm-hmm. The second thing that happened, said, is Ba'tel HaTamid... That in the time of the Chorban Abayis, Before the Beit was destroyed They stopped bringing the korban HaTamid On Shabbat HaTamid Chorban HaTamid was brought twice a day Brought Shefa of Brach At the Kla and so on and so forth And it was a tragedy That the Tamid stopped being brought um, On that day The third thing that happened On Shabbat HaTamid Is Huvka Ha'ir The city of Yerushalayim was breached and the Gemara tells us we're talking about in the second base amikdash, in the first base amikdash, it was on Test Tammuz. The Pasuk says in Malachim and the Rayamim was Test Tammuz. Shavasthi B'Tammuz was the second base amikdash. The wall of Yushalayim was broken through by the Goyim The fourth thing that happened on Shavasthi B'Tammuz, Sarah Apostomis Esatairah. There was a king of Russia named Apostomis. And he took the Sifrei Taira and he burnt them. He burnt Sifre Taira. Saraf a tragedy that occurred on Shivassar And the fifth thing that happened on Shivassar was Omad Selam Be'eichel. They put a Selam and Avaizazara in the Eichel in the Be'eichel Hamikdash. Uh, somebody, I don't know. So it was placed in the Be'eichel A Avaizazara, it's a tragedy. So these are the five things that happened. There's five other things that happened to Shab, but these are the five things that happened. The first one, Nishabru Alukas, the Luchas were broken. So these are the five things that happened on Shivasabatamuz, and therefore it's a day of kindness and it's a day of tragedy for Kwa Yisra. Five things. Now, what is the lesson here? So <coughs> I once heard a verse from Bishayim, the Bisharovs according to the I had a son, his name was Reb mr. Bisharov's son, Reb Chayim, was unfortunately, he was missing not long ago, about 4 or 5 years ago, so he a, was a brother to Reb David Salavechik, Reb Baral Salavechik, Reb Meir who's a Reb Meir, and Reb David are still alive. So... He unfortunately was a person who after the war went a little crazy, a lot crazy. He, he had a nervous breakdown and uh, his, his soft heart couldn't handle that if part of his family was lost, his mother, so on and so forth. And um, he was a big uh but he was always uh, not 100% normal. So in the world of yeshivas, there's uh, a lot of, so to speak, like... Tyra jokes that he used that they say over in his name. Different things that they say over that are like uh, very smart things, but they're not necessarily like hundred percent serious. It's well known in the in the world of Yeshiva's different Tyra. But besides for that he was he did say Dive Tyra that's also said over. And he said over the following. He said over as follows What is the essence of Shivatra Bhittamas? So the essence of and HaBetam is as follows. If you look at the tragedies that happened on and it would seem that there should be no Klai Yisrael left. Nishtabru HaLuchais, the the levels we achieved with Matan Taira, we lost. Never got them back. Lost the Lave, we'll get them back. We never got those back. What makes a nation... A city makes a nation, a place makes a nation. got here, Shalayim was breached. That's our capital city, it's breached. We don't have a capital city. What's the Avoidah of Klai Yisrael? We serve Hashem. In the place where we serve Hashem, there's an Avoidah Zara there. The and Avoidah Zara don't live well together. So the Sheena's not there. The place of our Avoidah, our focus of everything... There's no more Carbon Atomic the Carbon What else does Kla Yisrael hold on to? The Torah The things that define The things that define Kla Yisrael, Or not Kla Yisrael, A nation As a nation All the physical people Place Goals We don't have anymore They were bottled. They were destroyed. So when you look at the Shivasabatamus, you would say to yourself, All the main qualities of a Ummah are not here. We don't have a Tyra was burnt, we don't have a Lucas, we don't have a hamigdash Batullah Tamir, we don't have a city, so what do we have? And yet, in his words, he says, what does a Jew do? He gets up Shavazer V'tavaz in the morning, the day that commemorates the destruction of everything that seems to be important to Kla Yisrael. And he gets up in the morning, and he washes Negev and he says, Rech Satayra, and he davens, and he goes and he learns, and he does Chesed, and Kla Yisrael lives on. Klai Yisrael lives on, even though it would seem, the qualities, and the things that are necessary, to keep an Ummah, to keep a nation, Hall doesn't exist anymore why? because Klay is not dependent on anything physical in this world as we'll explain soon Klay is Nitzchi Klay is Ruchnius. you could take away our city you could even take away our Avaidah you could take away our Beis HaMikdash Shum Atzalem might even have been worse than destroying the Beis HaMikdash putting the Tzalem in the Heichol bringing into the into into the Heichol but we're not dependent on that, because the Torah is Nitzhi. And he used to say in such a sweet way, he said, Saraf paistimis ha Torah. A paistimis burnt the Torah. He said, Only a foolish guy could think that you could burn the safer Torah. Only a foolish guy could think that you could take a safer Torah and burn it, and that's the end. We know you could burn the safer Torah, as the Gemara tells us. That the icy ice the gavilim um, The parchment of the sefer Tyra gets burnt, but the icy ice, the letters parches, they fly away because the Tyra is not. Yes, there's kedusha sefer Tyra but that's not it. Without a sefer Tyra there's still a Tyra There's still the ruchnius of Tyra And he used to say even more than that. He used to say that a thought he's burning the Tyra But when Rebbe, Rabbeinu Akkadis, wrote the the Mishnah down, and he wrote in the Mishnah, that Anshivaser B'Tamis Sarah Those five words became Taira. When a Jew learns every the God says every word of Tyra is a mitzvah. So when a Jew takes this Mishnah and learns the words Sarah Apaystemis Harasha he would just be kind five mitzvahs of Limer Taira. And if he learns it five times, it's twenty-five mitzvahs. Ten times 50. over and over. Every word is a mitzvah. Is a mitzvah. So he thought he's burning Taira, he created new Taira. His burning created Taira. And that was his like punchline. From burning Taira, t- more Taira is created. Because he can't. He can't burn it. He can't get rid of it. It's Nitzchi. Klai Yisrael From burning Klai Yisrael, Klai more successful. And that is the lesson of Shiva Shabbat He could take everything away from us. We're still here. We're still keeping the Taira. Yes, we mourn it. Of course we mourn it. It's important. It's a part of us. And we mourn everything that we lost. But we're not entirely lost. Klai is not lost. Klai is still here, vibrant. That's the lesson of Shivasa Sivitamus, said of Khaim Soloveitchik, the son of the Viskerov. I'm going to try to be mad with this and, and, and um, elaborate on this idea. Now, Still this whole class is still coming together. So give me a couple seconds and I'll sit first. we'll see how it all works. Those are the best classes. So we have let's go move on before I really want to get to the Icker point that I want to talk about, which is a little bit later. Since it's a bit of a side point, so we'll get to that soon. But this week is Parsha's bullock. Now Parsha's bullock is always around the Patamas, obviously, it's gotta work out that way. Um, so it's an interesting thing, and this really brings us back to a little bit what we talked about in the last semester. And that is the idea of the Amitis Hatairah. There's a chuba in the Chassam cipher where he is talking about a very interesting Inyan. I'll just give you the background of the Inyan, but, in, but not through the whole idea. But you'll see why I'm saying it. There's a big machlaikis, how many ikrim there are. I mentioned this once before. The Rambam holds the 13 Ikram, non imamins. The other Rishayim have less, 3. The Balikram has 3. And the Chazam is coming to try to give a gather, try to explain what makes something into an Ikram. What makes something into an Ikram? And he's really focusing on the idea of believing in Biyat HaMashiach. Is that an Ikram in Tyra? Now, it says this Chassam Saifer, he says, I want to explain to you where I'm coming from. Of course, if someone does not believe Mashiach is coming, he's a Kaifer, he's an apiciris. There's nothing to talk about. It. The Naviem said he's gonna come and so on and so forth. A person who doesn't believe in this is an apicirus. But just because you don't believe in something, and that makes you an apicirus, doesn't necessarily equal that it's an icker. Why? Because an ikr means that without this idea, Torah cannot stand. Tyra cannot exist. For example, if you don't believe that Hashem is ayahaybaviyya, Hashem is a kalyachal, Hashem is yachid achdus, echad, so if you don't believe in that, so why should you believe in the Torah? You need those yesidas, that foundation, in order to start the ball rolling that there should be a Tyra. If you don't believe in Hashem, so how are you going to believe in the Tyra? That's called an Iker. But Lu for example, he says, let's say, I don't believe in Biyasa Mashiach, so I'm a Kifer. Does that now allow me not to keep the Tyra? I still have to keep the Tyra. What does that do with believing in Mashiach or not? And therefore, he's coming to argue on that side and say that just because just because you don't believe in Mashiach, does, and if that makes you a kaifer, it doesn't necessarily mean it's one of the ikrim. That's where he's coming from. Now, why, what does he bring in the middle, and why am I telling you this? Because he says as follows: He says, I want to be more or something. I want to wake you up to an idea. And he says, there is nothing in the Torah, eide there is no partial in the Torah that we did not have Kali did not have an eyewitness to why everything that happened in Mitzrayim in the Midbar 600,000 people saw it yeah not gracious, one second 600,000 people saw it everyone saw it Everyone, so what he says, except there's one man, the Amr, that says, there's one opinion that Yisrael came after matan So according to that, it comes out that Masha'Abeinu's two children weren't at matan Ta'ira. They're the only two, in Yisrael, and Sapphira, I guess. But from, from, from who were, the 600,000 of men, so they're the only ones who weren't there. But every, we, we have eight-day rear to everything. Like we spoke about. He says, what about V'afilu Chidr the story of the Nachash began Eden. So the Ramban tells us that we had an eyewitness because Adam Harishan was created and he looked around and he was the only one here. There was no father, there was no mother. Hashem's talking to him. There's nobody here. It was very clear to him that the Hashem created the world. There was no other. No other way to look at it. So, that's close enough to be called an eyewitness to my separations. Adam Arishan spoke to Shem Ben-Nayach. So he told them everything that happened. So Adam Arishan was able to tell Shem Ben-Nayach everything that happened until Shem's days. That's all the stories of Adam and Chavon, those stories. Shame, he was in the marble. Shame was the Rebbe of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov was 50 years old when Shem was Nifter, says the Samseifer. And he heard everything from him up to there. So everything up to Yaakov Avinu, we have eyewitnesses to Adam, we have Shem and so on and so forth. He told it to his children. Amram heard it from Levi. He told it to Moshe Aaron, and to the whole generation and they all heard it from their parents too and finished. So 600,000 people of Christ were not only eyewitnesses to Matan Torah and to Mitzrayim the same way we are eyewitnesses to Matan Torah they were eyewitnesses to my and everything that happened. And therefore This is a fact. There's no way to contradict it. There's eyewitnesses here. The whole Kaira, there was an eyewitness, a Jewish eyewitness to. Except one Parsha. Parsha's Balak. And Parsha's Balak, there's not one eyewitness to Parsha's Balak. Balak and Bilam and the whole story, Klai Israel down there. They're Shaykh and the Shavata. They're, li- they're there encamped. And they don't realize Billam and Balak are over on a mountain trying to go this side, that side to curse them. Nothing. There's no involvement to Moshe Rabbein. No involvement to anybody in the entire Parsha. In the entire Parsha until you get to the end of all parts. A new story. But the entire Parsha with the trying to curse Klai with all the nubus, the L'tayba that he said and eventually Alecha Yaakov and so on and so forth we do not have one eyewitness to says the Ksham Cypher. That's the only Parsha in the entire. So therefore, says the Qasem Seifer. let's say a person comes along, and this is trying to prove his point, and it's, this is not really Nagetha's discussion, but just to bring it to the way he's bringing it, he says, let's say someone is Kaifer in the, in the Parsha of Balak. I don't believe it happened. Everything else I can't contradict. There were eyewitnesses, but I don't believe it happened. So someone's Kaifer is a He's is a Rappi He's a Rappi Kairos. Does that mean Parshas bullock is one of the Ikrim? An imam the Parshas bullock I it's not one of the Ikrim. That's just trying to prove a point there. That just because something's in the Tyra, and if you don't believe in it, you're not Bikiris, doesn't make it an Ikra. That's where the is coming. But what's he trying to say here? He's telling us this Yisai, that... The entire parsha of Balak was something that there was no Klal Yisrael's involvement, and nothing happened that we know of. we weren't involved at all. And yet there was this entire story. So what's the point of it? Why was this story written in the Torah? So I would think that perhaps you could say it's very simple. Kla Yisrael were being taught a lesson, and it was a lesson that needed to be put into the Torah. And that is that there's always going to be ummah sa'ilam and people starting up with us and plotting against us. Even in the midbar. We're in the midbar with the Masharabaynu, Kla Yisrael with our Ananiyah etc., 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 and there's still Balak and Bilam plotting against us. And we know nothing about it. And yet Hashem saves us. Hashem changed the Tabah. What did, what was the what was Billam's whole kayak? So kayak it was there's a millisecond that a Kodesh Baruch who gets angry every day. And if someone knows exactly when that point is, and they could start a klala in that point, or they could say very quickly something, so it'll work. So Billam, that's what was his kayak? He knew when Hashem gets angry. So therefore, He was going to try to say Aklola at that moment when Hashem gets angry or He'll say Kalaim, destroy them in that millisecond and finished. What did Hashem do? He didn't get angry all those days. He changed the Teva. All those days He didn't get angry. Rashi brings down. Balaam says, what can I do? <laughs> Yedel dat Yain says that he knows the death of Hashem. Says Rashi, Peshem Chazal, he didn't even know about his donkey. He couldn't talk to his donkey. I mean, he didn't know what his donkey wanted from him, and and, and he knows what Hashem wants. He knew he was and He knew their point. Yet, ami, the pasuk says in After and Micha, Zechar my yods bolak and so on and so forth. Hashem. Oh, is Hashem stuck? what did He do for us? He didn't get angry. That's a shinu and teva. Hashem made a Shinya and teva. There was no tefilas from Kla Yisrael. There was no moifas from Moshua Abenu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu foiled their plans by being Roshana the Teva. Something that, without the Torah telling it us, we would never know the whole story happened. And it was written there to tell us, to teach us the lesson. In Golas, they're always going to be plotting against us they're going to be plotting against us and yet the Rabbanu Shalom is going to foil their plans we may not even know about it we have to do what we have to do there are times we do know about it but there's going to be many times we don't Hashem Hashem is always protecting us why? why is that because Klai Yisrael is not just a physical being in this world Klai Yisrael is Nitzchi Klai Yisrael is is essential to the entire world to the entire existence they bring in the world a Tikkunai, and therefore we as the Am Hashem are Zaycheh that the Rabban Hashem is going to take care of us and that's the lesson that's the lesson of why Parshas Balak is written in the Torah. although there's not one high witness to it we totally have to be remind that Taira's Moshe is MS. And that's what and, and and Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it al Hashem, and it happened. But Hashem wanted it to be there. And this lesson, B'chlav, this Nakuda, that the rest of the Torah, not just my Arsinet, every point of the Torah we were an eyewitness to. And that's all part of the MS of, of our Torah. Yet there's this one parsha that was necessary to stick in to teach us this lesson that even in the gullets, we should know they're always plotting, and Hakadosh Baruc will take care of us. Yeah. So is it an Icarus? Oh, not Icarus. Sure, not Icarus.
1: So what,
0: what is it? He's well, just saying that if you don't believe in it, you're not Bikiris. It's part of the Tyra, but that doesn't necessarily... not
1: believe in anything.
0: Right, so he's trying to prove that just because when you don't believe in something, you're not Bikiris, doesn't make it necessarily into an ikker. And Ikra has to be something that shatters the Tyra, that there's nothing to stand on. If you don't believe in Parshish Bollock, you still have to keep Shabbos. You're a kaifer, but you're to keep Shabbos. It doesn't take away from the Tyra. That's what he's trying to prove from this, from this. So that's why he's arguing with those who say that believing in Mashiach is an Ikra. Of course you have to believe in Mashiach. And if you don't, you're not bicharis. But it doesn't make it one of the Ikram. When you count the Ikram, it's not necessarily one of them.
1: And is it considered as that
0: so, yeah, I guess so. Kel-Zayim, Is it like it
1: has to
0: happen, or...? That's what it sounds like. So only
1: that one other method.
0: Well, it like, could be more, but there's one moment every day, the Kel-Zayim, bkal yeah. So because?
1: Because
0: things are going... Because so I'll say, when does it happen, when when the when all the kings of the Malchai Mizrahi, or the say Mizrah get up, and they start bowing down to the sun, and Tavay where they are, gets Hashem angry. Now... The truth is that how is it that we've to survive in Golis? How is it that Hashem protects us in the Golis? So it's the same way Hashem really protected us in Pasha's Boloch. Now, B'nai B'chai talks about this. Ben B'chai B'cholal talks about how the sinner that Bilam had for Klai because Hashem sends him so many different signs that he should stop and shouldn't go and this is not where Hashem wants him to go and he just kept on going he was blind to the signs and don't forget Bilam is a kaisem ksamim ksamim is seeing signs of different things you see this means that and this, this is happening this is happening and here everything is slapping him in the face and nothing he doesn't get the hint his awesome talks to him says al Haiz his awesome talks to him he just talks back he doesn't even spell from it why? His sinna for Klai Yisro, He was on one mission My donkey could talk to me and makes a difference I'll talk back and goodbye And I'm going to curse him And that's it Vayelach Shefi, The Pasuk says Says Rabbeinu B'chayi Shefi is Rashi Tavish Se Pizuro Yisrael. Every time Bilam went It says Vayar Misham Kitzayam He saw part of Klai Yisro. Hashem did not allow him to see the all of Klai Yisro part of the, the and that's why he wasn't able to curse Klai Yisrael at all and even if he'd be able to do anything it wasn't to the entire Klai Yisrael because we were spread out Sef Azuri Yisrael that is our key in the Golas that the Rabbin Shalom spread us out amongst the Ummah Sa'ilam. and therefore even if Chas may they start up with us in one place but in another place there's always going to be V'ayamachana and the flavor to help us because he can never destroy us in one time. If Balaam
1: if saw one part of Nehemiah, he still say... Uh, but it won't
0: destroy all of Klai so. Yisrael. He had to see Yeah, That's something I don't want to go into the details, but part of it was seeing them. That's why he kept on taking... taking Balaam kept on taking him to see Klai Yisrael. So. Part of his kayak of cursing was when it was his rear With his seeing. Now... Before we get back to this idea of Sephizuri Yisrael which we'll get to in a moment there's an interesting thought I had I think it's interesting at least Um, and that is there's a Meshachachma there's a Meshachachma the the Hafter of Parshas by Midbar where he talks about you find that by Avram Avinu he was promised that Kla Yisrael is going to be um, kekho, um, ka'far Ha'aretz Hashem said I'm going to make your children Like the dust of the earth By Yaakov Avinu We find Hashem told them K'chol Hayam, Like the sand of the sea So Meshach Is wondering why Avramavinu Avinu is like dust The Klayosel is going to be And by Yaakov Avinu It's Like the sand And he says this follows He says an interesting thing First of all, even before that, this idea that Kla Yisrael's Nimshallah Farhar, as Chazal tell us, why offer? Because offer is something that you cannot destroy. You could burn it, you could hit it, you could do whatever you want to it. It's indestructible. Kla Yisrael is indestructible. Kla Yisrael is Nitzchi. You could hit, you could do whatever you want to it, you could burn them. There's still going to be a Kla Yisrael. More than that, the Mefarshim and the Gemara say that offer Akal sin alel Everyone walks and stamps and Whatever they do on dirt U'labisa if he de al akal But at the end of the day The dirt is really on top of everyone When they bury the person So the dirt's on top of him He can walk on the dirt his whole life But at the end of the day Who remains on top? The dirt Afkla Yishel is the same thing Throughout the ages Everyone is direst Allah. Everyone's trampling on Klal Yisrael, but we'll at the end, it's going to be that Klal is going to be the rest of cult. So that is the idea of Klal Yisrael being nimshal afar haoritz. Avraham Avinu sevanochi offer vaifer. Similar idea, also that the nafshi offer be like afar, but the idea that offer is indestructible. says the, the Mashaqahma we find a concept when it comes to offer that you could take if you have dirt and you bring more dirt and you put it on top of the existing dirt, it all becomes like one big unit. In halacha, you even find such a thing in halacha, you find the uh, Gabi Hilchis Muksa, the old days used to have dirt floors, so if you wanted to use some dirt on Shabbos then it's muksa, so if you brought it into your house on Arab Shabbos and you just put it down on the floor, automatically it becomes a cheluk of the floor and it becomes muqsa. Dirt, when you put more dirt next to it, it becomes just one big thing. Abram Avinu was Megayar Asageyrim, he used to be Megayer people. He was trying to get people to hook on to Kala Yisroh. So Rabbanu when he was talking to him, says, your children to be Kafar Haret. That you're gonna, people are going to be able to to add themselves on, just like dirt adds itself on to dirt. And it's one big unit, dirt. So Abramavinu was spoken to in a way that he related to. He was, his job in the world was to be, bring people to Klai bring people to Avaidat Hashem. So Hashem spoke His language. The Klai is going to be our Haaretz. Which part? What? Abraham Avinu was, his job in this world, his task it was, to... Um, to add people onto Klai Yisrael, so to say. To bring in Geirim, bring more people, spread the light of Hashem throughout the world. So that's like dirt. You take some dirt and you put it onto existing dirt and it becomes one big pile of dirt. That you could take people from all over and they come, become Geirim as part of Klai Yisrael and they become a unit. So that's what they, they, one of the Mepharshim says. It says, Abraham Avinu was, was Air Erev Tavshilin. Erev Tavshilin means when you uh, mix things together. You mix things together, Erev Tavshilin, you mix them. And Erev means to mix things. So you mix different foods together. Because Abraham Avinu was the person his existing Klai Yisrael, so to speak, or he had his core of people. He's always adding on more to them. Yaakov Avinu is the exact opposite. Because the talks about this also. Yaakov Avinu, it says, he made Erev Tchumen. A Tchum means there's a boundary. He made boundaries. Because Yaakov Avinu had a Kla Yisrael already. Once he had the Yud Shvatim, he had a Kla Yisrael. Now, the point of Kla Yisrael is to spread Hashem's light in the world by being Kla Yisrael. We don't have to look for Gerim. Says the Meshachachma, that's why Yaakov Avinu's promise his children are going to be Kahal Hayam. Not Ka'afar Ha'aretz. Afar Ha'aretz means you're looking for more, adding things together. That's not Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu is Kla Yisrael, there's 12 Shvatim, they have a job in this world. And their job in this world is to spread the light of Hashem, but not by bringing more Gerim. Being a Kla Yisrael, that itself, doing, learning the Torah, doing the mitzvahs, that itself brings a light to the world. How does that compare to sand? One second. So now, how does that compare to does that compare it to sand? So he says as follows. Sand has a kayach, that when you clump it together, all the different particles of sand, really sand is millions of different particles. You get it a little moist, and you clump it together, it becomes like a solid rock. It becomes solid. What does it do? The sand is the barrier that doesn't allow the sea to flood the, flood the earth. The sand becomes very strong and hard and you have these waves of the yam that come and try to smash against and, uh, and take over the entire world and what happens? It blocks them. So too says the Meshachachma are a lot of times they could be even separate different particles different pieces sometimes you have more from less from you have all different factions in Klai Yisrael but they unite when it comes to standing up against the Umas HaOylam Klai Yisrael unites as one like the Chol Hayom Asher Hu Briach Bad Galei Hayom it's like the bolt it's like the protection from the waves of the sea so too Klai Yisrael even Hagruim Shav Yisrael, sometimes you have Rishayim, sometimes people who are the low down people in Kaizu, not the big tzaddikim. They're separate sometimes from the rest of the sand. But when it comes to, when the guy want to come to destroy them and they want to come and, and, and make them, you know, give up their Yiddishkeit, they hook onto the cloud and they become one strong unit that fights against this Gali Hayam HaShayteth, these big waves who we call the Um Asylum. The Yisbulu they're willing to, says the Masha they're willing to suffer through expulsions, and they're willing to, 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 to suffer that they're being plundered, and and they're, not, they're still going to stand strong against the Galei Hayom. They're going to be like a Chaimah. That's the Kayach of Kla Yisrael in Gullus. Yaakov Avinu, who happens to be the symbol of our Abbas who went to Galus, He's the only one of the Abbas who went into Galus. Went down to Mitzrayim. So on and so forth. He's the symbol of Laila. Bemaraz Halaila. Myrib. Yaakov Avinu is the symbol of Gullus. And his children use promise Gullus. Kichal Hayom. They have a big Maila, They have a big madrega. They may be separate, but when it comes to the sea, it comes to them being washed away. They get together and they're willing to stand strong against the Gali Hayom. I had a makshava this morning. Just you can't destroy offer, right? That we said. That everybody says. Offer is indestructible. You could burn it. You could burn it. It doesn't burn. It singes, but it's still there. You can't destroy it. Could you burn sand? Could you destroy sand? So, it seems that you cannot. Did a Google search. Is sand flammable? With a filter, don't worry. There's, there's, is it flammable, combustible? It's not. But what happens when you burn sand and you heat it and you heat it and you heat it and you heat it? What does it turn into?
1: Glass.
0: Glass. It turns into glass.
1: It made of
0: sand. Yes, it is made of sand. Correct. Right. You take the sand that the Meshachach is telling us is a symbol of Klai Sol, and Gullis, and you put it through the Kivshonah of Golis and you put it through the fire of Golis not only doesn't it get destroyed like Afar not only what the Meshachachach says it becomes one unit but you know what? If you ever went to the beach you could take the wet sand and break it into pieces and you could do things with it. It's more than that. Meshach was using it as the wall. Of course it's the wall. But if you take it and you burn it and you burn it, it becomes something beautiful. It becomes a unit called glass. It becomes something that you can now mold into whatever you want to mold it into. That's clay Yisrael. Yisrael. becomes not just sand, it becomes a unit of glass. But, but, what happens when you shatter glass? You can only put it back together if you melt it back down again. When Clyde Yisrael shatters into pieces, and we go into the Gullus, and we go into the gullas as glass, as a unit, what happens then in the Gullus? Get comfortable in the Gullus, then you have a sliver goes this way, and a splinter goes that way, and this one goes off to there, and that one goes off to there. and it happens. We suffer in the Gullus. So we splinter into all different shards. The Shalom says it can't be there's only one way to get everyone back together unfortunately and that is we have to melt it down again back in the fire the Meshacham, the famous Meshacham, who he tracks the history of Klai how we go into Gulas, we suffer there and then we come and get a little bit more comfortable and Tyre flourishes and then we come to we mentioned this last semester also and then, then there comes a point that we're looking to be new things and the only way to go is to go off to Dar es sends a big uh Ruach sorrow winged and says, Yehudi reminds us you're a Jew. Chayshvin Kibbalim Hi Yerushalayim. So on and so forth. Throws us into Golis again. The Kiyom of Klay Yitzchol is It's indestructible. But the lesson here is, not only is it indestructible, we flourish from the Golis. It's something that's beyond understanding. It's beyond understanding Klay Yitzchol's Kiyom. And that's the, there's a nitziv somewhere, parsha maybe um, Yisra. We talks about that there was an onan it was dark, and there was a kal the kol ha'tairah Khan says the nitziv it was being. It was teaching us that in the gollus, in the darkness, it makes no sense for tyra to flourish. Yet, in the deepest, darkest cloud is when tyra flourishes the most. When you Beat down Klai Yisrael, and you burn them, the other end comes out glass, comes out something beautiful, it comes out the Torah flourishes even more, and the Meshachma shows this, after every Girush, and every major, the Crusades, the Rishonim, and so on and so forth, after every time that we went through an unbelievable Tzarus, after that is a Kufa of Torah flourishing, it makes no sense, but that's Kla Yisrael. We don't make sense. We don't make sense. According to, Kla Yisrael, according to the rules of nature, after Shavuot, or there should be no Kla Yisrael left. But there is. Because we don't live in the world of nature. We're Ruchni, we're Nitzchi. And therefore nature doesn't apply to us. So Hashem puts us in this golas Set zuri It's our in the golas Because if we'd be in one place, who knows, Chas what could happen to us. However, Hashem spread us out. And we go through Tsaras in the Gullahs. That's part of being in the Gullahs. But we flourish in the Gullahs. And the more the Tsaras come, the more we flourish. And sometimes, Hashem has to wake us up again, throw us back in the fire, Hashem Shalom, to get the glass back together. Yeah? But isn't
1: it sad that we have to go to Gullahs to become glass?
0: yeah it is that, but that's part of our avarice we, we caused it ourselves that's not, it's not Hashem's problem but that's part of the that's part of our kiyon that's part of Hashem set the system up that even when we go into Gullus we have to still exist now that that brings us to the next point there's an ativ in this week's Parsha and it's also in Parsha's and he refers you back to Parsha Shlachal so let's first do this week's Parsha and the still says as follows in Bilam's, um whatever he said over here when he spoke B'Shem Hashem one of the things he says is in Perek dalapaz. Zion Yizal Mayim Yov vizaray so Rashi says, Dalyov Rashi says means from the wells. Water will flow from the wells. The Zara and his children, Bramayim Rabin. So it says in the Tib as follows.
1: So
0: the Tzib says that, we'll give an example. Um, In, in the halacha, there's, let's for example, there's Tumma, there's tumma in the Torah. There's a halacha, a person becomes tameh, they have to go to the mikveh. What's mikveh? What's mikveh water? Mikveh water, according to the Torah, very simply, is rainwater. Rainwater that collects in a pit, and now there's rainwater, a person's tameh, they go into the mikveh and they become tar. What happens if you're not so excited about going to the mikvah and rain water? Is there any way that you could make other water into mikvah water? So there's two ways that that could be done. One of them is called hashaka. Hashaka means like to kiss. If you take water, take your uh, fill up your your bathtub full of water. Now it's regular tap water. That's not kosher for a mikvah. But if somehow you could connect that bathtub. To a pit full of rainwater, Connect means That the two waters Just have to touch each other For a moment The water of the rain water Touches the water Of the mikvah water Of the uh, bathtub water You make a pipe or something And they kiss each other Even for a moment Now that bath water Has halach of a mikvah You go in there A person becomes taller That's called hashok Now in that situation Both waters remain independent Of each other There's the rainwater. There's the, there's the bathwater. By touching them, they become halachically one. But they're separate. That's called hashaka. There's another way. We'll leave it that one way. There's one way. That's the easiest way to understand. So says the, says the, um, the native as follows. He says that when the Pasuk over here says He says, what happens if you have a drop of water That falls into A big uh, lake of water What are you going to call that drop of water? Are you going to call that Hashaka? That's not Hashaka Hashaka means you have two separate entities That touch each other That kiss each other But they remain two separate entities if so I take a drop of water throw it into the ocean it didn't kiss the ocean It's gone It's bustled it's, it's part of the ocean now It's a drop in gallon, gazillion gallons of water it's, It doesn't exist anymore It's not two separate entities It becomes a part of the ocean Says the Meshe, Says in the Tzib, That normally When a nation goes into Golus, Ima rav There's two ways it can happen if the people who are being exiled are a tremendous amount of people, and they find themselves in, together with another nation, it's very possible they'll remain separate entities that just touch each other. That means to say, there'll be a little bit of a uh, merging, they'll, they'll, uh, the nation that went into exile will perhaps assimilate a bit, They'll take on some of the customs But they'll remain a nation on their own They're big enough to survive As an entity on its own But what happens If a small nation Goes into Gullus Is exiled in a gigantic world It's like a drop of water In a big ocean There's no way It's going to remain its own people a normal nation, a drop of water falls into an enormous amount. That's the end of it. They don't exist anymore. But that's not Klai Yisrael. Even if a small part of Klai Yisrael a drop of water goes into gullus to the many nations of the Mayim Rabbim Kla Yisrael doesn't become bottle. they don't become non-existent. They become attached to them. But they remain a separate entity. Einam legamri. Not only that, there's oiseh pri lishma yisvarach. And they make themselves as a blossom, as a fruit, to make a Kiddush Hashem. What's this Kiddush Hashem? And says in the Tziv, this Kiddush Hashem is iker tach shel ha this is the main point of what Golis is supposed to accomplish says in a tziv, if you look back in Parsha Shlach after the mice of the Miraglim Hashem is very very upset and he wants to destroy Kla Yisrael and My Enel says no and Shlach um, Nola so on and so forth and finally Hashem says okay um. Finally, Hashem says, "Selekti kidvarecha." Okay, my Shabenu, I'm going to forgive them. Volum Chayoni, v'imoleich vayda Hashem as kolares. Chayoni says, "Rashi is of a so Rashi learns it means, the v'ayr Hashem es means, just like I'm alive, and my honor, my glory fills the entire world, so too I'm going to keep this promise that I'm saying that anyone who is part of this generation is not going to go in Eretz Israel. That's how Rashi learns the Pasuk. But the Nitziv says as follows. The Nitziv says that and we know this that part of the idea of the Miraglim the punishment of the Miraglim Dov says in Telem Kukvav is Ba Yisa Yodulem Lehappol Midbar number one Hashem destroyed them, killed out Kla in the Midbar and number two U Lehappol Zarem Ba Goyim U was Nik Zarem by the might of the Miraglim
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's what David says in Kukvav Yechez Kolosul says, says in Kapitul Chof so says the says the native, This decry shall so spread out amongst all the nations. Hashem's glory will fill the entire world because of what I'm punishing with you, says Hashem. Because through this, through the galus. Kvayit Shamayim Is Misraba in the world And he says He says that if Kla Yisrael Would have been on the proper Madrego We would have gone and heard Yisrael to spread Hashem's Kvot Shemayim in the world We would never have had to go into Golis Klai Israel in Eretz Yisrael with the Beit hamigdash If we would have gone in immediately Dashr al and the Kayak that we had Would have been Shalai Bidarecha Teva And therefore would have spread Khwait Shemayim in the entire world But Klai Yisrael lost that And we went into a world of more Teva And because of that We still have to bring Kvot Shemayim to the world but now we have to do it in a different way. It's not enough to sit in our Yisrael. You can't spread Kwayit Shamayim by just sitting and doing Avodas that Hashem in the world. It says in a tziv, It has to be done Ayyuday Pizer Yisrael. Kwayit Shal spreading out in the world. V'am Hashem sarim all giving up their life for Kwayit Shamayim. And everybody sees. Everyone sees clearly, like Mark Twain said. There's no such thing. It's very clear that no one could really destroy a klai Yisrael It's only could be that klai Yisrael and shivim should still exist. And that is the task of Kla Yisrael. In Golos, V'yumolik V'yad Hashem as Kala aris. That through Sathbizuri Yisrael not only are we intact that we can't be destroyed, but that in itself brings us that there's Kvait Shemayim in the world. That when everyone looks with an honest eye at Kla Yisrael they say something doesn't make sense. How could Kla Yisrael still exist? How could they exist? It's only because they're the Am Hashem. They're Nimsayi Hashem. They're being chased. They're being killed. They're being burnt. They're trying to be destroyed. It doesn't happen. Every time we try to put it out, they keep on flourishing. Every time we try to burn them, they turn into glass. Every time we try to destroy them, they still exist. They don't exist here, they exist somewhere else, and so on and so forth. That is Klai Yisrael, the Nittchius of Klai And that is the point of a That's the point of Gullus, the Klai Yisrael. this has to be achieved, Klai Yisro, Klai Kla in the world. And Klai Yisrael being spread out, and being chased and being hounded by the nations. And yet still existing and flourishing. Without a homeland. Without Eretz Israel, even if we have whatever we have now, but not, not Klai Israel Allah's Muslim. And without Yerushalayim. And without an Ishtab al And without And as they continue burning the Tayyarah and destroying everything that's, that's, that's Kaddish to us. And Allah salam ba'eikal, there's a mask sitting there and the Arabitis. and yet Klai Yisrael still exists we're not down and out why? because Klai Yisrael is Nitzchis Klai Yisrael is Ruchni Klai Yisrael is not dependent on anything physical adorable from burning Tyra more Tyra is made he thought he's destroying Tyra from burning Tyra from burning Klai Yisrael what comes out on the other end? A whole more taira, more kli yisrael, more kiyem Mitzvahs. Everything. That's the kli yisrael. That's the nitzchis of kli yisrael. Now, just to take this one step further, to take this one step further, this idea of kli yisrael not being dependent on on physical things. Um, Someone had brought up a question That maybe will be answered With this idea It's also related a bit to last semester But there's a Meshachachma But it's a very important you to understand There's a Meshachachma in Parshish That asked the following question He says What's so great about Klai Yisrael We love them as being Maminim Maminim B'nei Maminim Amra Yisrael sheim aminim bene The Gemara says. Says the Mesharim, I don't understand. There's a lot of Gayim, ayved avaydizara. That they believe in all different types of things. Halei betipshus keila. Some of them serve the water, some of them serve the ash. they also aminim. They believe in foolish things. The chol came. And they're very strong in their beliefs. They're very dedicated. So what's special about Klai Yisrael? Well, why are we different than them? El-Mai says, you'll say, there's a Mejrish that says, the Klai Yisrael are called Emunim. Because they answer amen when they say Barak Mechayi HaMaisim, which is Emunah Al HaAsid, she so says well I have to break the news to you says the Meshach there's a lot of Goyim and I have I've, I've also believe in future things that are going to happen in their religion so what's special about Kla Yisrael why are we ok we are special but if you want to use a description of what makes us unique why well, Maminim? and ain't there's so many Maminim out there they all believe in all different types of stuff and they're very dedicated to it says the Meshach there is something very different between Kla Yisrael and anybody else and that is he says there is a concept of Hergish feelings, emotions emotions Hergishim are all built on tava. for example he says Ava, love Yoyfi, beauty, gvura these are things that are built on Teva. He says the, 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 um, the early generations, any time that they saw something in the world of Teva that was unbelievable, that was extraordinary, they made it into a god. And they had all different types of gods. There was the gods of beauty, the god of glura, the god of ava. If you had a big giant... They called them Bnei Aleikim, the Pasuk says over there in Parshas Nayav, they were the giants. Anyone who was extraordinary in a physical way, something that made a Rosham, something you looked at and you were in awe of its existence, So that was something that they said, wow, my, I'm in awe of it. Uh, my emotions all of a sudden get all excited and say, this is something extraordinary, we're shit. We decide it must be something special. It must have some godliness to it it's it's not normal it's a teva plus a teva plus be something special let's worship it and that's how they worshiped all these different things va'ad hayayim he says and even till today the gayim mitzairim t'munais umaktishim hamukhashim they make pictures and forms and they make them holy but these are all physical tangible things and Mecca they have a holy place in Mecca where they uh, think that he's buried there, whatever is going on over there it's a physical place with holiness. Nimsa and this is the punchline the their emotions and their feelings, and the Teva is what enables their entire belief if someone would go and raise over Mecca, take it, bomb it with an atom bomb, with a nuclear missile, it doesn't exist anymore, it's done. That's the yisoid. it's one of the foundations of their entire Amuna. If you're going to get rid of that, it's going to be over. Their whole Amuna is built Starting with physical. It starts with the physical. It starts with things they could touch and they could feel and they could relate to. And therefore their whole hergation their life gets all excited, and from there and on the ball starts rolling and it becomes an entire religion. But that's not what it is with the Rabinashlam, like Cain Hashem, says the Mashik Abram Avinu came to the to the to the realization that Akkadish Barku is not a Nivra. He can't be a Nivra. He's not one of the Nibrayim. He's nothing to do with Gashmius. There's no way to describe him. There's no way to look at him. He has no form to him. Because if he did, that would be taking away from who HaKadosh Baruch Hu is. You would be limiting him. Even the physical, the biggest giant in the world, it still has limitations to him. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has limitations. There's no limitations. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not physical. And he came to the realization that there's Yochid, Shanki Yehudot. He is the epitome of oneness. There can't be more than one because if there'd be more than one then there's two gods. They wouldn't exist together with each other. So, emunah v'akadosh baruchu is not built on any emotions and anything physical. Adurab is the exact opposite. It doesn't play on our emotions. It's kuloi sikhlius. It's all with our brains and with our minds and our seichel. That is the understanding you have to think about it and yet as we said last time in B'Nasibah Samuna, you would think you would think that the and Rabbeinu B'chayi talks about this in Shar which we don't learn because that's what he's coming to prove because we don't want to go in that way. Because like every every door has their mahalak and how to associate with Hashem, so to speak. But says says the Rebbeinu B'chayi that it comes out that who should serve a Kodesh Baruch Hu. The masses, the masses. They're not smart people. They're not philosophers. They don't go to school for a hundred years to go figure out. there's a Rebbeinu or a navi? When you want to get the masses, you've got to get them excited. You don't get them excited by getting up and saying a shikotairah and a They're not going to... What are you talking about? I talk to my language. I know from apples and oranges about all I know. do you get up and you start talking to them how this is beautiful and how it's big and the kachas and all different things, you've got to relate to the masses people who are simple people they relate to physical things you got to play on their emotions that's what all these religions are all about playing on their emotions showing them something physical make a Aliyah Lamechah or whatever they call it you got to go there you got to go you got to see it you got to touch it you got to relate to it can't have anyone to start thinking the minute they start thinking it's over Qal Yisro is built on Seicho Torah is built on think about it and yet you'll have simple people who are not philosophers are not Nevi'im and what do they do? they believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu they believe in the Achthus of Hashem they believe in the, Hu, they believe in the Hu, And of Hashem and not necessarily could they prove it but with their Seichel they understand that it has to be that way and there's a lot in their Seichel that is and emuna. it's B'tairus of belief it's not something I, I'm not a philosopher but I know it's true which whatever way however ma'alach they come to that but it's overcoming their hergation. These are very, very deep and lofty things. That you would say you need the biggest philosopher for. They'll say, oh, who knows? How do you know? Maybe if you'll show them something exciting, they'll go, Klaiso will go with the excitement and the, and the emotions. How do you know? We laugh at our emotions. He makes the simplest person the simplest person comes to an that that is Taiva wants him to do something and he says, what do you mean? Stop it and it's tracks. The Torah says it's Aser. What do you mean? Your emotion. This is the excitement. This is what you need to do. No, oh, but I know my Seichel tells me I win. The Seichel, which is the Torah, that tells me don't give in to this emotional business here. The Torah is Nitzhi. That's the Amun Akla Yisrael has. Maybe, his Lashen is. Maybe Indian philosophy because they have the It's natural to understand that the Torah is MS and you laugh at all the argoshes. Now, Kaddish Baruch who obviously is talking to Akla Yisrael and he understands that we have to develop this so for the muskolas, for the seichel, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a lot of Torah and mitzvahs. Torah Sheviksav, Liman Torah, Torah peh. that a person is mechanach his seichel to think properly, to see the emes in Torah, to help him continue with his amuna in the amitis of Torah. Hashem doesn't say squelch your Hergish and ignore t- entirely. Hashem says when it comes to Hergishim, I understand Hergishim are a important part of a person. If I don't give an outlet in a ruchniest way for the Hergishim, then they're going to play on a person and try to get him more and more to go away from the Tyra. That's the physical side of the person. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave outlets for all Hergishim. There's mitzvahs, there's ava avas reyim there's a there's family there's avasa Uma. you have a hergish of nikama it's a natural tendency nikama nikmas Hashem there's a place for it chesed to do chesed with other people yoifi you have appreciation for beauty pre other, there's mitzvahs that beauty plays a role that keli van Veyu. Akedush Baruch Hu understood there's two halves to a person. There's a seichel and his hargish, and he understood that Klaizel the Muna and Tyra is a seichel. But I'm not going to ignore the hargish if I don't give an outlet, so that it's going to be a much harder way for Klaizel to deal with the physical world and fight against the etzahara. So he gave outlets b'tairus ruchni. But even the Yaifi even the beauty pre other. How long is that for? short time 7-8 days then you're done so as soon you'll eat it see, no problem make jelly out of it so whatever you want with it why? because it has its place but it's, our amunah is not built on the emotions. And our amunah and our Torah is not built on the Mekoyimah, it's on the physical. There's a place for it. Rats HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lizakai says Yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch wanted of Nikayan, of cleansing Klai <in> Yisrael. <Hebrew> he wanted them that they should be able to be cleansed, to be, stand steadfast in the amunah of taira. See, he said, "Here, Balaam, Torah. When it comes to developing our seichel, developing the ruchnius of the person, he gave us a lot of Torah to learn. The plenty of Torah. Develop your seichel. Continue to see the amitis of Torah. Develop that emuna in the amitis of Torah with your seichel. Anyone who delves into Torah sees the emes of Torah. Sees the emes of it." What about for the mukhashim? For your physical and for the hargeshim? It's a Hirbalem Torah, um mitzvahs. That's the mitzvahs in the Meissim Taibim. That's why the Kaingagal on his head, where the Seychel is, Kaidesh La Hashem. That's be cool like Kaidesh La Hashem. But on his heart, on his heart, he wore the Kaishim, which had all all of Klai's there. The heart. That's where the Hargeishim are. That's where the emotions are. That, you channel towards Klai Yisrael. You channel that towards the mitzvahs. Most of them are ben Adam and Because there's a place for all of emotions. The Torah tells us what to do with our emotions, how to live our emotions. But at the end of the day, when they come head to head, my tithe says, go do this. And a person can have the biggest tithe in the world. And the last moment he finds out it's usher, he laughs. Goodbye. What happened? The seichel won. That's the person in control, not the hargish in control. So yes, the Gayam are also maminim and Maminim. but it all starts with the physical. It starts with the hargish. The truth is, it starts with things that they're not really in control of. It says in this week's parsha, Bilam got up in the morning. Rayaḥavish asasaynay. Says Rashi, Hakadosh Baruch Hu said, Russia, you're too late. Avraham Avinu got up early by the akeda. He was also a zaris so the Mepharshim say it's not just he got there before it's a different Zrezas Bilaam's Zrezas was to follow his Yetzara to follow what his his told him so you're, it's already going in the right direction so he had a little bit of Zrezas it's not such a big deal Abram is going to do a mitzvah it's connected to Tavah he's going to Shep Yitzchak and then he does his Zrezas he's going against the Yetzara that's true Zrezas but that's what Torah is all about uh, the famous story that the the uh, I think it was the, uh, who was it? I think the Maral maybe? It was someone, one of the Gdelim, when they were a kid, they were up, uh, they, they couldn't get out of bed in the morning, and the mother was like, came over to them and said that, um, he was in a tent himself, I don't remember. Get up and said, and said, Look, he said, Look, God, out, look out the window. All the Gdelim are running to school and running to their prayers and everything else, and you're sleeping in bed. You know, it's a bazillion so he said to his mother he said I want you to know the same Yitzhahara that's propelling them to go to school and to learn all their in is keeping me in bed it's the same Yitzhahara. he wants me to stay in bed so there's Rizos is all part of the physical world you can take away the physical it's gone there's a, there's a beautiful verse that uh, we'll get to the end in a, in a moment there's a beautiful verse that Michael Feinti the a friend of the Racha says that in Parsha that Hashem tells Klai Yisrael you go into Yisrael destroy all the Avaydazara. You wonder where the Avaydazara is? Allah Harem Haramim, it's on the high mountains, Allah Ghvais and the peaks. Go destroy them all. Now, you have to destroy all Avaydazara, not just the ones on the mountains and the Haram and the Ghvais. So why does the Torah tell us where they are? I mean Takas Kalates Ranan. It's always near a big gigantic tree. I mean you go find, you'll go get the list of you know, you get to, you go to the I don't know, you'll go to the to the uh to the, um, to the tourist center and you get the list of all the local Avai Dazarahs and finish and you go destroy them says, says R. Michael Feinstein that truthfully if anyone thinks for a moment in Tavai Dazara, it's emptiness it's nothing so what did they have to do they had to put Abhay next to a gigantic mountain. A mountain, you see, the grandeur of a mountain, you see, the beauty. Get all excited! Oh, Abhay See, associated with the beauty, with this big, gigantic tree. You would, but really, if you would just take Abhay and put it up in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a Midbar? Nothing! Oh, look at it, goodbye, go on to the next thing. Because it's really empty. Tyra? Where was Tyra given? the middle of a Midbar. Do we even know where our Sinai is? Even if we do, who cares? there is no Kedusha to Arsini Tyra is not dependent on any places Tyra's giving in a midbar if anything Tyra in this midbar made the place flourish it gave beauty to the place what happened when the Tyra left you can't grow a thing on Arsini there is nothing there it's dead it's a midbar two things number one is the Tyra gives the Yaifi because the Tyra is the Makar it's not built on the Yaifi. If you look at the Avedizara, it's nothing. They have to dress it up in all the pomp and fanfare. And that's all Avedizara. That's what the Meshachah was saying. It's all built on Moshosheth. It's all playing on the emotion. It's all totally in the physical. That's what they have a desire to in. Because that gets the person excited because if you would start thinking it's nothing. And that gets the ball rolling. And yes, once it started rolling they all became manim and Eim Aminim. But the whole religion is still built on all these physical things. Torah is not like that. Yes, there are mekaimas Hakdoishim says the Meshachachma. But those are not essential in the Torah. Why is why uh, Haramaria such a clash of a place? Because that's where the Akedah was. That's something that happened in our history. If you notice, the Torah never says where well, the Beit is going to be built. Never gives a place. It always is the place I'm going to choose. Torah is not dependent on any place. Torah's, Torah gives kedusha to the place. The place doesn't give any condition to Taira. There is not, Taira is not dependent on anything physical. Now we don't have to be in a physical place, all over we keep the Taira, when Golis we keep the Taira, we don't have a city, we don't have a Beit Hamikdash, we don't have a Luchat, we're keeping the Taira, because the Taira transcends all physical. Because our and Munah is not built on anything physical. Because if you do that, the minute the physical gets destroyed or it's gone, that's the end of the story but we're above and beyond that that's why we're called because we have true emunah in a lot of things that we maybe cannot understand or fathom or we can't explain because a nivra can't understand their bairat there's no way to explain their banisham. how do you explain it's not shaykh. it's something you have to believe but with your seichel and you realize with the kaya that, that that makes your seichel expand and understand you become a mamin in a lot of things there's always a mitzvah of Amunah. You'll never get to the bottom of it. There's always as big as a tzaddik and as big as a nabi as you are. Mosh Rabbeinu, for There was a mitzvah of Amunah for him too. There's a mitzvah of Amunah. But it's something that's with seichel. It's something that's Aduraba. The seichel's in control. Emotions, that's not what it is. Places, that's not what it is. There are m'klaimers haqdoshim, but the Torah is not dependent on them. The Torah is not dependent on being in Eretz Yisrael. The mitzvahs is only for Eretz Yisrael. you got to keep the Torah everywhere. You can be the holiest Jew in the world, you can be a Moshe Abenu. you have to keep every Mitzvah in the Torah. There's no one that's a God, there's no one that's above it. Because Torah is not dependent on physical. And that, the Meshachot says, is why Moshe Abenu has to break the Luchas. Because Kala Yisrael so had to see with the Ego, they thought the Ego was like a godly thing. And they had to see that there's nothing nothing in this world even the luchas that came down from Shamayim are not intrinsically holy if you don't keep the Torah if you don't believe in Hashem you break them put them what's the luchas that we have? we have the second luchas we don't have the Shivrei luchas the Menachem Ba'aran but that's not it Meshacham says, Meshacham said, if I don't break these luchas, they're just going to say, okay, now the eagle is not intrinsically holy, but the luchas are intrinsically holy. Klay Yisrael has to be taught the lesson, Torah is not dependent on anything physical. And that, as we come full circle here, is the lesson of a Shivasa batamus. That Klay Yisrael is Nitzchius, Klay is ruchnis, Nitzchius, is above and beyond Teva. The Rav Long keeps us here, and we're burnt and we're destroyed and we're persecuted that brings Kavayit Shemaim to the world because we still come out on the other end and we come out stronger and we come out with more taira and we come out glass and we come out united that's who we are many physical things even the Luchais which may have been the most intrinsically Kaddish physical thing that ever existed in the world ever Nothing else ever came down from Shemayin like that. The Luchasneists weren't like that. Never yet, and they're gone. So what's left? This, the Tyra is still here. Because the Taira, you can burn it, you can burn it, you burn it. All you're going to do is come out with more Tyra, come out with the stronger Klai's jaw. And therefore the lesson for us as Shiva Asit is, building on everything that we've learned so far, the Amunah. The Amunah in our Torah, the Amunah in the Rabbi Inshan. the Amunah in Kla Yisrael, the Mitzchios of Kla Yisrael, in understanding that if you go take a guy and you bring him to the Roman ruins of I don't know what, he's not going to become, you know, wow, let me see these ruins, so you know what? I'm going to become now what uh, starts becoming a big khatid of the Roman uh, whatever it is theology from 2000 years ago it doesn't make any sense there's no Romans left there's nobody left it's all no left to them the highest and mightiest uh, they don't exist anymore but the Panavichirov gave his famous to to the arch of fetus he gave a shmuel, he stopped, he made his driver go to the arch of, uh, of Titus in, in Rome, and he got out and he said, Titus, Titus! He says, you thought you're going to destroy our base Yisamikdash, and you're going to destroy a Klaiso, and you took all this stuff back, and here, what's left from you and your whole people? Just this arch. What's left of us? We're still here. We're still laughing at you. Because that's Klaisa. We are Nitzhi. And That itself, with a little Isbain in us, Makes a person a bigger mind in the Rabbani You want to strengthen yourself in Kiyom HaTayra, in Kiyom HaMitzvahs, in understanding that my job in this world is to control myself when a tithe comes. That even if it's not a Dabur also, even a dover HaMutter, who's in charge? Is my seichel in charge? Is the Torah in charge? Or I my Hegeishim in charge? And with that way, number one, a person becomes part of a Kla Yisrael. And he's able to stand up Hayam against all these bailus and tarubis and all the outside influences that seep themselves into a Yisrael. The lesson is: don't be misballed from the goyim. We are nitzchi. We are zarei b'mayim rabin. We're a drop in this gigantic ocean, but we're the ones who are going to come out of the other end how much baggage are we going to bring along? how wet are we going to be on the other end? how much garbage of people who aren't going to exist much longer? or look at the history all those people who, didn't, who, who, who we went through their gullas what's left of them? nothing why would we want to take their shmatas from them? what do we need their stuff? what do we need their garbage? what do we need their dress? what do we need their food? what do we need their speech? we don't need it we need to be Kla yourself as a Umma Yechida amongst the Goyim that we stand out Mitsu that's the case of Kla Yisrael. And those are some of the lessons of a Shavasaka and we will stop here for today.